Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. I have with me today Josh Brown from TBT and Jake Pavorsky from TBT. Josh, how are you doing? Doing well, Dan. We're getting close to the jamboree. Exciting time to be here at TBT. And Jake, how about yourself? I'm excellent. Ready to break down this field. That's going to be great. So what we're going to do today on today's podcast is something a little bit different. We're going to actually analyze the first 60 that come in. We may not go into as much detail as we will later on once we know the matchups. But the goal today is to kind of give everybody a, a quick introduction to the first 60 that have made it into TBT, the top nine vote-getters in each region, along with the at-large picks that TBT has selected and announced uh, on Tuesday, uh, actually D-Day, yesterday, on June 6th. So guys, let's start off um, just briefly talking about a couple of TBT-related things. Do you both follow TBT on Twitter? Of course. Of course, I did. What's our handle? The tournament. Come on. At the tournament, right. Now, can you imagine why anyone would not follow TBT on Twitter? It's the best source of TBT information. I don't know why they wouldn't. Absolutely. What about what about subscribing to the TBT podcast on Apple Podcast? Do you guys do that? Of course. Why not? How could we not subscribe to the podcast we're on, Dan? Best podcast in the world. I think it might be. I mean, honestly, we should be up for some awards, hopefully sometime soon. And then Facebook. Do you guys, do you guys Facebook at all? Absolutely. And yeah. Facebook.com backslash what, Josh? The tournament. Exactly. Now, anyone that is not following TBT on Twitter, not subscribing to the TBT podcast, and not following TBT and liking TBT on Facebook, it seems to me like they're probably not getting as good of information as everybody else. Would you agree? Do you guys agree with that or disagree? I would definitely agree with that. And all all these social media pages, they have a check on them. So you know it's the real one when you get there. So make sure you check those out. <laughs> now, the only one, actually, it does have a check, but the only one that's a little bit different is, uh, Josh, let's test your knowledge here. The only one that's a little bit different is which one? Um, I believe Instagram has a check, right? It does have a check, but the but the name is a little bit different on Instagram. Yep, it would be at the dot tournament. Exactly. All right, now that we've got that stuff out of the way, guys, let's get onto the field here and talk a little bit about what we have uh, in place for TBT 2017. Honestly, from a caliber of play perspective, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but it seems to me like this is by far the most talented field that we've had in the four years that TBT has been in existence. Yeah, Dan, I mean, I'm, I'm right with you. We were talking about that uh, while we were, you know, kind of picking these at-large teams. I think the, the biggest difference is if you look from top to bottom, there's really not an opponent where or a team in the field where um, you can say that, all right, this team is going to be a one-and-done. You really don't know what this field. Every, th- every team uh, could really win on any day out. So I, I really agree, Dan. I think even the maybe the not-so-traditional teams, they can really compete and give, um, you know, these alumni teams and some of the more, uh, you know, the overseas elite-type teams a run for their money. So I think top to bottom, this is by far uh, easily the, the you know strongest tournament we've had in terms of talent and uh, teams and all of that. And Jake Pavorsky, you've been a, G- a TBT GM the last two years, actually working with us now, but uh, for Liberty Ballers. So you've seen this up close and personal the last couple of years. I mean, how do you feel about the field this year, just overall in terms of the caliber of play? I got to say, I'm happy I'm on this side of TBT this year and not the other because the field looks deeper than ever before. And I think the beautiful thing about TBT is not only have we got some new alumni teams and they've gotten stronger, but the teams that have returned from the past years that, that know that have a better idea of how TBT works, their rosters have gotten stronger. They've put up great fights in the past, and I think that there will be no team that's an easy out from 1 to 16 seed-wise. Uh, so each region is going to be be a tough competition, and I'm glad uh, I get to sit with you guys and watch and, uh, and be on this side instead of sweating uh, on the bench this year. Absolutely. All right. Let's start, guys, with um, what may be, it actually could be and traditionally has been the strongest region in TBT, which is the Northeast. And the reason I say this is that this is the one to me that kind of stands out along with the South as uh, really having no easy outs at all. 
you know, you can start with um, the top vote getters, South Jamaica Kings. They're going to be a team that uh, undoubtedly plays as hard as they possibly can. There's a boxing mentality associated with that team, but you really can go one through 16 there and see a scenario in which every one of those teams advances from the first round. I think, too, if you look at the Northeast, uh, the at-large teams that we picked, which I'm sure we'll get into, I think that might be the strongest core of at-large teams we have out of any region. And you mentioned teams like the South Jamaica Kings, but uh, I think people automatically, you know, they'll gravitate to Bayham's Army and... Uh, the Zoo Crew and the Untouchables, the remix of that team. But you look at Supernova, who was a one-and-done because they had that unfortunate injury situation. You look at the Talladega Knights, who are a really talented team. They uh, beat Team Fancy last year, and you look at Team Fancy, they're reloaded. They have a very good roster. Even teams like... Um, Sideline Cancer, they've put up very good fights the last four years in TBT, even advancing uh, pretty far a few years ago. So, uh, the, yeah, we just kind of mentioned it. Top to bottom, that's a really good region. Even teams like OPI played very well last summer. So um, I think the at-large core is especially tough and really uh, a great core of at-large teams. And, and really the uh, nine teams who want or who advance because of popularity, but it also kind of bring not only a lot to the table, but a different kind of spectrum of teams there alumni teams, teams of, um, you know, overseas pros, teams put together, you know, childhood friends. So really good mix there in the Northeast. Jake, let's start with a couple of teams in the Northeast just real quick that are making their TBT debuts this year. Gale Nation, the Iona alumni team. Um, Give me your quick impressions on those guys. I think that is a very well put together team that should definitely make some noise. David Lowry is a player that has been well known through that program uh, for the past couple of years that helped them make that NCAA tournament uh, berth a couple of years ago. Played in the D League is going to be a strong, powerful, powerful force down low. And you got some guys that recently just came out of school there Aaron Rowntree, Isaiah Williams. Those are guys that have some camaraderie that have played together over the past couple of years and have won uh, quite a few things while they're at Iona. And even outside of Iona, too, you have uh, Fuquan Edwin who comes over from Seton Hall was a strong two-way wing there that is going to be a tough out a team that I think that that no one can look past and and will be uh, a welcome addition to the Northeast region and there still are a couple of Iona guys that they could add uh, that are playing overseas professionally so I'm curious to see what happens with them between now and when they tip off on uh, on July 8th Uh, Josh another team that kind of caught my eye a first-time TBT entrant is DC on point now they're a new team but there's a couple of familiar names on there the first first and foremost for me at least was Torin Francis uh, former Notre Dame fighting alumni uh, participant in TBT champion in 2014. Yeah, and he's a familiar face, like you mentioned. And um, Isaiah Swain uh, or Swan also played with Armored Athlete uh, right. a, last year in TBT. So uh, that's kind of they have a good mix of guys who've played in TBT, kind of newcomers eager to get at it. Uh, they have Sherrod Ford on that team who played for Clemson, and he is a guy who I know that several TB, uh, TBT teams have tried to go after uh, in past years. He's a, a 6'8 forward from Clemson, really a, a kind of a low-post player, more of a traditional power forward. So they have a good mix between him and Torrin Francis. They have very strong guard play, whether you look at guys like um, uh, you know, Swan, who we mentioned, Eugene Harris, who played for High Point when High Point had a really good run um, down the, their mid-major D1 team. So they have a really good core group, and I think that they're going to be a team who might surprise a lot of people come to, uh, you know, tip off in the Northeast. And Josh, you mentioned Isaiah Swan. This is a guy who went 15 for 19 from three in a game in Venezuela just a couple weeks ago. He's a guy who's going to shoot the lights out for them. Uh, definitely another team you can't look past, and you have a core of Notre Dame guys that know what TBT is all about. Uh, will definitely be one of the tougher outs in the Northeast region. 
You've got to think, guys, that if he can tune out all of the political unrest in Venezuela and go 15 for 19 from three, he can certainly deal with the pressure of TBT, wouldn't you think? It certainly makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about a couple teams on the third page of the uh, Northeast region right now. Uh, there were three at-large selections from that page. The FCM Untouchables, City of Gods, which was the 2016 and 2015 Northeast champion, and Team Foe. Uh, as well. Those are three teams that, you know, when you look at them on paper, based upon both who they have with them this year already and past success, that really teams ought to be looking out for uh, in that Northeast region. Would you agree with that? Yeah, Dan, I mean, uh, I think we've talked off the air about it. Team Foe right now, they're my pick to win it all in TBT. Uh, I love Team Foe. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I might be a little biased because, uh, you know, I was teammates with Tyshawn Taylor for one day. So uh, that kind of clouds it a little bit. But I just think they're such a good team. Um, they have the Kansas connections with Mario Little, Elijah Johnson. But then, um, you know, if you listen to that TBT podcast that we did with Marcus Morris, he really values guard play. And that's what they have. They have really strong guard play. Scott Rogers from Drexel, very good player. Uh, Michael Thompson, the, blo- the uh, brother of Clay Thompson, very good shooter like his brother um so they're just they're they're not necessarily very deep but i think they're very strong uh especially their one guards uh their one guard and their two guards so i think they're a very good team and then the untouchables it's been unreal what they've been able to put together um whether it be jarell benjamin whether it be um gilbert brown whether it be antonio graves ricky harris had a very good tbt kyle hines is one of the best players in all of uh europe and really all of overseas basketball so they have a really deep roster too i think um foe and uh, untouchables, depending where they end up getting seated, that could be right there your Northeast Regional Championship game. Those Jake, are the two, were, those yeah, are the two teams I would point out as well. Yeah, uh, if I like you're looking at those three. Which of those three do you think, Jake, you would pick if you had to right now that gets out of the Northeast? If it's one of those three, you know, I really I'm a big fan of that Team Fo squad, despite the fact that they knocked out Liberty Bars last year. I think that a, a team that would or a guy on that team who would be a real X factor is Sean Evans. Liberty Ballers had a guy by the name of Odian Usiki who has led Italy in rebounding for the past four years and was the leading rebounder in all of international basketball. So think of all the leagues. There's Turkey, Germany, Israel, France. He's been the leading rebounder. Sean Evans beat his butt on the boards. I think he had like 23 and 17. That is a guy who's going to command the paint down low. And I think the Mars Twins, they've talked about this in the past, they realize that this year's tournament, they've coming for the bread. That's all they're focused on. And they've brought together a group of guys who they realize are, are focused on winning that championship. Malik Waynes, NBA caliber player who has shown what he can do. Tyshawn Taylor and also an NBA player. Michael Thompson shot the, the lights out of the ball last year. That is a well put together, strong team. Scott Rogers as well is a big guard who's going to attack the rim and be a hard cover. Uh, I, would, I like them a lot and I think that they will go deep for sure. And I'll say this only, that you discount City of Gods at your own peril. They've lost two games in TBT history, both to overseas elite, both in the semifinals. And even with the departures of Pops Mensabansu and Xavier Silas, you still have a, guy, a bunch of guys that have gone through the ringer in TBT that know what it takes to win and are playing at really high levels overseas. So I, I honestly, I'm looking forward to going to the Northeast region. I'm looking forward to being there and seeing all these guys again. But man, the competition there this year, I think is going to be just as intense as it was in the past. All right, let's move on real quick, guys. Let's talk about the South region. Um, this, from a voting perspective, was absolutely insane in terms of which teams got in and which ones didn't. It came down to the last vote, probably, that was that was cast at 11.59, 59 a.m. 
uh, last Thursday on June 1st. But this is a region that, from not only a voting perspective, but really an on-the-court perspective, looks like it could be the most competitive of the four in TBT. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I've always loved the, the South region. I know um, people kind of gave it flack the last couple of years. I always think we get great talent out of that region. But, I mean, you mentioned it. You look at Old Hottie Toddy. Um, you know, I think their team kind of flying under the radar. They got a lot of fan votes that last week and were able to get their way in uh, via popularity bid. But um, the roster they're putting together is unbelievable. I mean, Murphy Holloway is one of the best, not only Ole Miss uh, you know, players to come from there, but one of the better players to play in college basketball period, especially um, in recent memory. I mean, they're a very good team. I mean, you look at the Matadors, a team who not a lot of people are talking about. Texas Tech is a very good um uh, a very good just college program in general. They've they've uh, had their ups, they've had their downs, but they're a very good program. And then you look at teams like the primetime players who always play teams tough. Uh, I think the Chattanooga Trenches are going to be a tough team. They play together all year round. They have that connection. Uh, the NC Prodigal Sons were up by 20 against Ram Nation in the first half last year. So I think, uh, much like the Northeast, you have a lot of talent here, and I think you're going to get at least one or two teams in the region who you see maybe... Uh, advance a little bit further, maybe advance to Philadelphia than you might expect, and maybe guys who you might not have heard of, but really good talent. And I think you're going to see a couple of surprise upsets in that region. Jake, what are your thoughts? Well, you talk about surprise upset. Middle Tennessee State, right, one of the one of the unknown college programs takes down Michigan State a couple years ago. They could be one of those teams flying under the radar. You have a roster featuring LaRon Dendy, the 2012 Sunbelt Player of the Year, Sean Jones, the 2014 Conference Player of the Year, and Adonis Thomas from Memphis, who brings some NBA experience there. That is a team that I think could fly a little bit under the radar and surprise some people and make a run through the, the South region. And I'm kind of entranced by this Kentucky Kings team, which features a lot of guys from, from Western Kentucky. You have AJ Slaughter and Irving Walker who play together on the same club team in France. They might be one one of the most elite backcourts we have in TBT. They're going to light up the scoreboard. And then you have some NBA experience in Jeremy Evans as well, the 2012 slam dunk uh, champion who's going to bow, uh, who's going to bang down low, uh, be an athletic guy that you can find on the pick and roll. And Scotty Hobson as well, another guy who has a little bit of NBA experience, a uh, well-known name who competed very well for uh, Tennessee in the SEC when he was in college. Uh, that is an elite, elite team that uh, I think people need to, to recognize and that uh, based on talent alone, they would have been a lock. If they had gotten the uh, – it took a little bit more um, – at large help there to get them in but based on talent alone they would have been a lock no doubt there's probably like four or five teams in the south region when you look at it that are almost impossible to discern in terms of on paper how good they are the usf alumni team those tampa bulls they've got a ton of guys that are playing and making a lot of money overseas all around the world dominique jones and will mcdonald are both stars over in china on that team. Uh, you've got a whole host of guys that are playing, as you said, Josh, on the Ole Miss alumni team, which is really impressive. Kentucky Kings are off off the charts. The Middle Tennessee State uh, team is incredible. Um, you know, and then you, we haven't even mentioned the fact that Overseas Elite is in that region, <laughs> and they are better than they were last year. You know, I mean, they've got De- they've added Dewan Blair and Justin Burrell. Dewan Blair was in the NBA as late as last year uh, playing, and he's a guy that everybody is looking at as a huge addition for that team, and frankly, one that I think a lot of guys from Pitt would have loved to see play with them. And then Justin Burrell, who was on the uh, runner-up team Barstool in 2014, played with Team Slam in 2015, played with uh, the Gonzaga alumni team in 2016. I mean, he's a four-time TBT participant. He and uh, Paris Horn go way back. I mean, there's a lot of 
a lot of opportunity for that team, Overseas Elite, to run through that South region again. It just is incredible. I mean, Oliver Lafayette has been a pro overseas for over a decade, uh, and he's basically who they've brought in to replace uh, Mike Cabongo. I'm just so impressed with how that, that team has come together year over year, being able to keep together the core. I mean, I'm, so, I'm just looking forward to the South. I'm a little bit jealous that you guys, um, or at least Josh, is going to be able to see those guys in person because I think that's going to be an amazing region uh, to see. And, and some, what, the ahead, Washington Generals, too, are a team who, yeah. I, I mean, I think they're, they're going to be a, a good competitive team. You know, uh, they have a guy uh, in Malik Booth who I think every college basketball fan knows from his days at St. John's. He's a very good point guard. Uh, yep. Sundiata Gaines has TBT experience. He's a very good player for them. So I think they're going to be a team, too, who could maybe win a couple of games, make it to Philadelphia. And really, um, I think everyone would, be, would have fun watching them advance through the tournament a little bit. So they're another good team in that region. And how can we forget Memorial Magic from Vanderbilt? I think the one player who people have not talked about is John Jenkins. John Jenkins should be in the NBA. This is a guy who shot 44% from three. I would not be surprised if he dropped 40, 50 in points one game. Like That is a very well put together team with some guys that just graduated in Josh Henderson and Nolan Kressler. Uh, A very strong team. Well done job by GM Derek Byers. They're bringing some good coaches as well and Shan Foster, Vanderbilt's all-time leading scorer. That is a very good team that no one should sleep on and I think John Jenkins could very well be one of those first team all tbt kind of guys but you know what's crazy though is that in the south region we know just how competitive the games are and you don't even look at any of those teams that could be a 14 15 or 16 and say well they've got no chance you know as you said josh like the prodigal sons i and i can't remember what the seating was last year if they were a 14 or 15 but they had they were up 20 on the vcu team yeah it was and a 14 three yeah yeah, I mean, they easily could have won that game. And then you look at, you know, some of these teams that are going to end up being like a 14, 15, 16 seed in the South, and there's just no difference between them and like the top end. So I'm I'm really fascinated by that one, and I can't wait to see those games as well. I, mean, I feel like I'm doing nothing but cheerleading for this, but I'm so excited <laughs> about this this year. It's going to be awesome. All right, let's go on to the Midwest. The Midwest is going to be uh, on the second weekend, July 15th and 16th at Bradley University uh, in Peoria, Illinois. This is a region where the voting didn't really take off, as you might have expected, but it ended up being 1 through 16 again. Like, who's the easy out here uh, in this region? I mean, it's got really laden with a lot of top-end talent, both from an alumni perspective and from a perspective of just teams that have come together based upon, you know, some commonality. Um, I want to start, guys, with a team that was a really low seed last year, which was a 16 seed, the Jackson, Tennessee underdogs, and talk a little bit about what they've done to improve that roster this year. Because I think if you were doing a most improved award, this is probably for me the team, at least on paper, that kind of fits that bill. Yeah, I literally said that, Dan, every week in the power rankings that, uh, you know, who am I? But just in my personal opinion is that if they, if TBT began today, well, I mean, it pretty much, you know, now that we know the teams, but I think they will go into TBT as the most improved team, which is a scary thought because they beat that Bluegrass Boys team, uh, the number one seed, and then they almost beat Always a Brave. I mean, they were uh, a possession or two away from winning that game, and then you had Kendall Anthony who went to Richmond. You had uh, Terrius Johnson who went to Eastern Kentucky. Willie Kemp from them uh, from Memphis, excuse me, and Jarvis Varnado from Mississippi State, and um, 
you know, they already had the scoring, and I think they added a couple of really nice defensive pieces, especially in Vernardo uh, and Kendall Anthony. They're both really good defensive players. They've racked up a, a ton of awards on the defensive side of the ball, so um, they're a really good team. I love them. I, they're, I mean, I'm a neutral observer, Dan, but I just love that story, the way they've come together. Um, they've really embraced it. The whole uh, town of Jackson, Tennessee has embraced it, and I think they're a team who, um, you know, if the, if the TBT began today, I would have them going to the Super 16 and maybe beyond in my bracket. Jake, what stands out in the Midwest to you? How can you overlook always a Brave playing at home at Bradley University? It's a team that made an incredibly deep run last year that deserved you know, an automatic entry, and they just continue to get better. You add a guy like Jerome Randall from California who's had a storied uh, overseas career on top of the NBA talent that you already have there and Patrick O'Brien who's a guy who's just going to command the paint. Uh, Daniel Ruffin at point guard. You continue to add to that roster. Marcellus Somerville, some of the standouts from last year's team. I believe he might have been a first-team All-TBT guy, if I remember correctly. Uh, an, an incredibly deep roster, a team that's going to continue to shine and how can you look past that Golden Eagles team? I think that would be my favorite right now uh, to potentially come out of that, that Midwest region. More NBA experience. Dwight Bucks you have. You have Darius Johnson, Odom, Wesley Matthews on the bench coaching for you. Jerrell McNeil spent some time with the Phoenix Suns. It, incredibly loaded. With, I think the way you win TBT is you do it with some great shooters, and I think that they have that on that team, as well as some big bodies down low and Devontae Gardner in the post. Uh, that Marquette team has some big names from uh, recent years at that, that school people will recognize, and I think they're going to stand out. You know, of all the alumni teams in the event this year, the Marquette one is the one that most GMs, to me, point to as the one that they think is the best. I mean, I think it's guard play, probably. You know, they're, I think, maybe a little bit undersized, but, um, you know, that's kind of consistent with Marquette basketball over the last 10 to 15 years. But that team is loaded. Uh, the Ohio State team, to me, whether Greg Oden plays or not, is a team that I think everybody has to have their eye on. And I think there's a couple of, couple of key reasons why. I think, first off, all of these guys are at the right stage of their career. You know, they're all about 25 to 29 years old. They're playing professionally overseas. Um, there's really nobody on the roster that's not playing at a very, very high level uh, someplace in the world right now. And then if Odin does play, and from what I'm told, it's about 50-50 that he does. But if he does play, who does he not handle, manhandle defensively in the last five minutes of a game? Like, you're not going to have any low post scoring against them uh, if that guy's on the court. So, man, that's a, that's a loaded region too. And the, as you said, I mean, there's probably teams that we're not even talking about here that are going to end up emerging because the Midwest is traditionally full of uh, surprises for us. Um, Fourth-year participant, Hoopville Warriors, is a team that uh, has made a run in TBT before, have always played hard and played well. Uh, the SLU team is back. Majerus SLU crew is back in TBT after an absence in 2016. Um, another team that I kind of have my eyes on, just in terms of uh, potential, is this Canton Bulldogs team. Uh, a lot of guys that are kind of underappreciated um, a lot of guys that know how to play the play the game and have played all around the world. I, I'm fascinated by the Midwest almost as much as I am by the South. Um, any po- kind of thoughts of, of anything I just said there about the Midwest guys? Yes, Dan. Cause I, so sorry, just uh, Jake. Uh, just because I was in the Midwest last year and you just mentioned them, the Canton Bulldogs had the best shooter in TBT and Jesse Harden Jr. That guy was unreal. He made, not only did he make, it's not an exaggeration, he made literally every single shot he made in warmups, but he went something like 13 for 18 or something when they beat the former Mad Ants, now Fort Wayne champs in that first uh, round game when they had that 15-2 upset. So they're a very good team. And Jesse Harden Jr. is probably um, the most consistent shooter we have in TBT. 
I got to point out that those Fort Wayne champs were bringing back that real core. And I know they got bounced in the first round last year, and I think that they realized what they needed to do was, was to bring those pieces that brought them back to that semis finals run uh, a couple years ago. William Frisbee, Anthony Harris, Ron Howard. Uh, you reload with Travis Leslie, who has some NBA experience, as well as Adam Woodbury from Iowa, who has played deep in the NCAA tournaments, knows what he's doing. That is going to be a, a team that will, certainly you can't expect to be bounced in the first round again, and I would expect them to make another deep run through the Midwest region. All right, let's run to the West real quick. Um, really became much more competitive from a voting perspective than I thought it was going to. And uh, the vote totals there were almost on par with what you had in the South, which was by far the most competitive. Um, a couple teams to me really stand out here in terms of overall quality based, based upon what I hear from people. Uh, a lot of people are pointing to the Stickmen, which um, is the latest iteration of Everline Drive in a lot of ways. Matt Mitchell and Jake Hirschman have teamed up with uh, David Nurse and, and Michael Rappaport to put together what looks like a really incredible team. Uh, Jake, what are your thoughts on those guys? That is, an, I don't think I've ever seen a TBT team with that much NBA talent, particularly at the guard spot. Markel Brown is going to jump through the roof. Like he will put, to, he will be on a Sports Center top ten for a play he makes in TBT. I promise you that. And then you have some experience down low in the paint. Lou Amundsen, who spent like fifteen years in the NBA. Alex Kirk, who was supposed to be on Liberty Ballers last year, is a guy who's had a very good European career. Was at Anadolu Efes in Turkey for a little bit this year. Can step out and shoot a little bit. Will bang down low for you. Cartier Martin is going to be a, a solid guy at the wing who's going to score for you. Uh, top to bottom. A team that, that is loaded with NBA talent. Willie Warren, uh, an unbelievable player who I think the TBT deserves to have. Uh, people will love watching him play. Donald Sloan spent six years in the NBA. Uh, an incredibly well-put-together team. Uh, props to those Everline guys who have come a long way from the beginnings of TBT, where there's a bunch of boys uh, from the playground who got together and actually had to play and have now put together this star-studded NBA team. That's what TBT is all about, and I look forward to, uh, to watching them to have that come together and uh, potentially making a run to the Final Four. Yeah, and they could have their first win in TBT. Josh, what stands out to you in the in the West region? Armored take place by the way in Las Vegas. Sorry, wanted to say that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, armored athlete by far to me is if TBT began today would be my favorite to get out of the West region. I love what they've done. They've added Taylor Battle, who has uh, TBT experience. He went to Penn State. They added to Holloway, who that's going under the radar, how big of a signing that was for them. I mean, if you look at the numbers that two Holloways put up all around the world, you look at what he did in his college career, I think that he he could maybe be, uh, again, like Jake mentioned with a couple of the other guys, maybe a, a, a pick for that TB, all-TBT 2017 team. Julian Gamble, he's going to eat down low. He's a little bit undersized um, for, he plays more of a center, although he's listed as a forward here, but he's uh, an absolute beast. And then they have the returning guys, Joran Hulls, Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Miller, Will Sheehy. Uh, they have, again, the three guys who just won a D-League championship in Watford, uh, Sheehy, and EJ Singler. I think they're just so loaded top to bottom. They know what it takes to win in TBT. They've been there before, and I think they're going to be a team who, if they don't get out of the West, they're going to be awfully close to doing so. There's a couple of teams, actually, when you look at the second page on the West region right now, there's four teams there that uh, have done about as well as you can do in TBT without winning. And what I'm talking about is Train to Go, which had made the Elite Eight last year and lost has only ever lost to Overseas Elite. Um, Team Utah, which has made the Super 16 two years in a row. Team 23, which was the runner-up in 2015. And then Team Colorado, which was the runner-up in 2016. All of those teams are back. They're better than they were last year. And I, I'm really impressed with especially what Colorado has put together this year uh, in terms of bringing in some pieces that 
didn't play with them in 2015 or in 2016. Um, and the guy that to me really stands out on that team as a, as a great ad for them is Christopher Copeland, uh, Chris Copeland, who had played significant time in the NBA and is really a world-class shooter. Jake, what are your thoughts on that ad for them? I'm going to go on the record as saying Team Colorado is my pick to win TBT this year. You look at that roster, top to bottom, 12 guys deep, going to be the te- deepest team in TBT. Marcus Hall was first team all TBT last year. You, you steal Xavier Silas from City of Gods. What an absolute coup that is. A guy who has shot the ball very well in the D-League this year, has been a known performer in TBT, who's going to bring some energy and some hard work for that team. Not that they need that. That is a, a group of hardworking guys. That team has been very well put together. Props to Bo Gamble uh, f- to have a solid a star-studded team like that who is going to achieve uh, a lot of great things. Richard Robia, who I know didn't get to play last year, is Colorado's all-time leading scorer. They're going to get fans out there cheering for them. It's going to feel like a home court game. Uh, I think that they will be the team that gets it done, that unseeds overseas elite as the, the TBT champion this year. Interesting. Josh, what do you think about that? It's certainly uh, uh, not a bad pick at all. I mean, if you look at, like he mentioned, I mean, he mentioned all the talent. I mean, Marcus Hall, a guy coming back who was probably the best player, overall player in TBT. You add him with the additions that they brought in. I mean, it's tough not to think that they're going to, if not make a deep run, win it all. I mean, James Wright, another guy that they bring aboard. So I like them. But I also think that Team 23, I think, um, you know, they had a tough game against Colorado last year. But I think they're going to come back and really make another deep run, make a lot of noise. I mean, they have a good cast of returnees, but then they add in guys like David Bell, who played over at Montana. Very good college player, put together a very good professional career. Uh, You look at guys like Frank Gaines, who played at uh, IPFW, who he's played uh, for a million years overseas in different countries here and there. So I think they're going to be another team as well. And you put Davin White, obviously, in with them as well, who uh, I think they're going to avenge that loss to Team Colorado last year. And I think that'd be a very good matchup if they met again in I could see either team coming away with that, although Team Colorado, like Jake mentioned, certainly uh, one of, if not the favorite in the West region as of now. There's a couple other teams I wanted to talk about real quick. The Weber State alumni team looks really solid to me, and I think particularly in the backcourt. They've got Scott Bamforth, who's one of my favorite guards that has played in TBT. Um, And in addition to that, though, I mean, obviously you've got Damian Lillard coaching the team, which is a great storyline and an awesome development, I think, for the school. Um, Kellen McCoy is the former Big Sky, I think it's the Big Sky Conference, uh, player of the year. Hasn't been playing in a couple of years, but he strikes me as a lot like a Daniel Ruffin type guy, Josh, of a guy that just continually wins at everything he does. Like you could probably play him in bowling and he's probably never bowled before, <laughs> but he'd kill you. You know, you know what I mean? Like he just seems like that kind of a guy. So that's one that I've got my eye on um, and I'm very interested to see how they develop. The other thing is a few good men this year. You know, a little bit lower, I think, on the actual Gonzaga alums that are playing. They've got, in addition, in Stephen Gray, Mike Hart is back. Obviously, Jeremy Pargo is there. Um, but they've added a lot of really good, good players to this. And apparently the story is that most of them are friends with with Jeremy Pargo from down in Miami. Um, but Kevin Palmer played at Texas A&M. Um, they've got Malcolm Thomas, who played at San Diego State. He was the subject of a lot of uh, recruiting this year. Uh, for teams to play. Gennaro Pargo is uh, Jeremy's brother who's going to play for that team. Kamari Murphy, who played at Miami. I mean, this is really a talented team. And again, not quite the um, the alumni squad that they had last year, but really a talented team. Jake, what are your thoughts on that one? 
Yeah, I think that despite the fact that they don't have a ton of Gonzaga players, they did a good job of picking out guys from across the country. I'm not sure if we've had had a pair of brothers play on the same team in TBT together, and both have a ton of experience. Gennaro spent over a decade in the NBA. Uh, Jeremy as well played a lot of time in the NBA, as well as overseas playing in China at a very high level. Kamari Murphy is a defensive solid guy who just came out of Miami, uh, who was a really great addition for them that I think will help... Uh, Man, that defensive unit really hold down the fort there. Uh, experience from top to bottom. I think they're going to be well coached. Malcolm Thomas as well provides them another player who is solid on both ends of the floor. I think in both in the guard position and in the post is where they're really going to shine. And that's what you really need in TBT to, to try and make a deep run. I like their roster. All right. We also have um, essentially a fifth regional that's taking place this year, the Jamboree, which is going to happen in uh, Philadelphia on June 17th and 18th at Philly U. We've got eight teams signed up for this right now. There's 16 slots available, four uh, in each region. So one team from each of these four regions is going to pass their way into TBT, uh, into the field of 64. Um, I don't want to go too far into detail because we don't have all of the rosters for all of these teams yet. Uh, but there are a couple that have signed up so far that I think are really worth uh, maybe mentioning uh, just in terms of their rosters. The Rutgers alumni team, Jake, I know that's a team that you know something about. Uh, they they jumped into the Jamboree early, and I'm actually psyched because they're going to they're gonna get potentially two games under their belt if they can make it through uh, the Wesley Paul team, Stars and Stripes, and the Silver Springs Willow Runners. Uh, but that's a team that's really fascinating, I think. I would not be surprised if that team made some very serious noise in the Northeast region provided they get there. Uh, I'm going to check them out of practice next week to see what they got, but I know a lot of those guys from watching them on TV, uh, Jack and Mac, Kadeem Jack and Miles Mack are going to make a, a powerful combination. Two guys that have played together at Rutgers over the year and helped keep that unit together. Dane Miller as well is another Rutgers guy who has uh, provided them with some serious talent at that school over the past couple of years. And you bring in a couple Stony Brook guys who know what they're doing as well. Muhammad El Amin, you have uh, Dallas Joyner as well. I-, I think that is a team that has been very well composed by Alex Newman. I think he's done a tremendous job there and uh, I'm looking forward to them taking the floor I think that they have a little bit of everything on that team that provides you what you need for a deep TBT run the rosters for the Jamboree are going to be due at midnight actually on Monday June 12th so we'll know more about who is actually going to be playing for all these teams there's a lot of uh, machinations going on because there's a ton of available players that are now um, able to join teams for the Jamboree that maybe didn't make it into TBT so there's going to be a lot of um, variation I think among these rosters between now and then but we'll talk more about the Jamboree on next uh, the next episode that we have. I think it would be a good opportunity to do that. Guys, tickets for TBT are now on sale. I don't know if you knew that. Did you guys know that? I did, and they are very cheap. You should definitely go out. If you were a basketball junkie, uh, Jake, where would you rather be than one of the TBT regionals on Saturday, July 8th, or, Sunday, or Saturday, uh, July 15th? I don't think I'd rather be anywhere. I would rather be in a gym watching these guys play basketball, former NBA guys, notable college guys. I would rather be there than on a beach anywhere. Uh, this this right. is what I would like to be doing with my summer. And uh, if you are a hoops junkie, there is no better place to be than at a TBT regional event or at the Jamboree this summer. Make sure you get your tickets. So for 20 bucks, you get in from 9 a.m. until almost 11. You could be there all day just watching basketball, eating hot dogs, enjoying enjoying all the high-level play that's taking place. And frankly, like this is about as good as it gets anywhere in the summer. So tickets are now on sale for TBT. You can find them at Tickets at the top link of every page that you're on on the tournament.com. So if you're going to vote, you'll see a tickets link. If you're going to uh, look at the homepage, you're going to see a ticket link. If you're reading one of the articles that Jake, I mean that uh, Josh and all of his team are working on, you'll see a link to tickets. So click on tickets at the top, get your tickets now. We play in small gymnasiums and everything that we do is by and large general admission. So you can sit as close to these guys as you want. Enjoy the games this summer. They're going to be fantastic. All right, Josh, any quick reminders that you want to tell anybody about before we go? 
Reminders. Uh, no, uh, my reminder is if you haven't used your remaining three votes, go out and use them. I know all the teams will appreciate it, and you'll appreciate it when one of those four teams win and you end up w- taking home a cut of that $200,000. So make sure to vote. A um, lot of great teams. I know it's a tough decision, but uh, pick your four teams, vote for them, and who knows, maybe you'll end up on August 4th with a, a little extra chunk of money in your pocket. All right. That's it for our first 60 podcast. We'll be back at some point the week of the 19th, and we'll actually talk about what the matchups look like after we release our bracket. And uh, we'll get picks from not only you, Josh, and you, Jake, but also from some other celebrities and and experts as well and see who they think is going to win TBT. Guys, thanks again for your time. And everyone listening, thank you for listening. We'll be back again soon. 